0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary podcast. My name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. We are here to discuss Havoc and Wolverine Meltdown number one on sale date of November eighth, nineteen eighty-eight, with a cover price of three dollars and fifty cents and a forty-eight page, page forty-eight page page count. Is that how you say that? Sure. This one's titled Mexican Standoff.
1: This, as I recall, was one of those kind of bookshelf format, uh, like Excalibur, like the first issue of Excalibur was, um, where it had like a square uh, spine and it had like a a thicker, a way thicker stock cover. I would imagine so. Uh, I remember seeing this at the comic book store. I do too. (laughs) picking it up and being like, oh, Wolverine and Havoc, cool, you know, and it was right about the time where I was, I think, collecting a lot. Uh, And I opened it up and I was like, I don't like this. (laughs) But it only had to do with the weird art, which I was probably just way too young to appreciate. This looks weird. So my question is, this is Walter uh, Simonson, Louis Simonson, John J. Muth, and Kent Williams... Is Walt and Louise writing or is Walt actually doing breakdowns? Maybe he's doing breakdowns and then these other two people
0: are painters. So I I think Walt and Louise are writing. Okay. And uh, John J. Muth is one of the artists and Kent Williams is the other artist. Um, And one of them, I know that one paints Wolverine and the other paints uh, Havoc.
1: And the other thing that, tripped me up as a kid uh the cover is i i think as a kid i remember seeing the cover being like oh it's a really cool cover you got wolverine on the on on there with his claws out and you've got havoc behind him kind of like harnessing his power Uh, and they more or less look like painted versions of their comic book selves but as you start going through this comic there's some very abstract paintings of these characters which yeah they're very stylized which is very uh cool, I'm going to say, in this day and age, but when I was a kid, I was like, no, it's weird and different, I don't like it.
0: That doesn't look like my Wolverine. Pretty much.
1: Um, And it it's called Meltdown, and, and uh, it totally makes sense that the opening ten or so pages uh, is kind of a retelling of the disaster at Chernobyl by some dude named Dr. Neutron.
0: So, there's a lot of words in this first, like, 10, 12 pages, and I wonder how much of it is accurate to the actual Chernobyl well, incident.
1: I wanted to talk about this real quick. Um, have you seen the uh, HBO documentary – not documentary uh, – miniseries? I have not. I've heard everybody talk about it. Have you seen it? I have. It's really good. Yeah. Um, it's like very close, this account is really close to the story that they they portray, and evidently the story that they portray is very similar to the uh, um, events of Chernobyl, but based on one of the nuclear, nuclear, nuclear um, engineers kind of... <laughs>
0: You did not just go there.
1: (laughs) Nuclear. It's pronounced nuclear. Uh, One of the people that was there to kind of assess the damage and figure out how to do the cleanup strategy, who who ultimately ended up putting all the pieces together, Uh, he he, was Soviet Russia, and the state was like, that's not the story. This is the story. And he held with that Soviet story for so long before uh, kind of writing down a journal and probably making contact with somebody overseas and essentially committing suicide, but with his, um, with his, like, this is what actually happened. And then ultimately that ended up being in, uh, the public record. And what I'm wondering is
0: <clears throat> th- Sh- should we mention that we're spoiling the story of Chernobyl? If you're planning to watch that? <laughs> yeah. Spoilers.
1: It blows up. <laughs> uh, no, uh, there's a lot more that goes along with it too. And plus the thing happened in 1986, yeah, I
0: suppose if you don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in any event, um, my my curiosity is, I don't recall what the dates, uh, well, and you also see the Doctor's Suicide like in the first five minutes, so I'm not really spoiling anything. Um, is if the story that Walt and Louise are telling here is based on things that they read in the newspaper or if they got way into it, uh, because all of the stuff they talk about uh, from, from like, putting the uh putting the power test off by 12 hours because of the power needs in kiev from the control rods to the az5 button that they talk about overriding it and then the ultimate disaster like that's all in this mini series
0: which makes our reading of this very timely so they must have had this a- access to the same materials that the writers of the show did.
1: Yeah, and I don't think like the events that happened uh were contested by the Soviet state. It was more like the situ uh, there were some design flaws in the reactor and they cut some corners and that's the part that they they wanted to blame somebody. They wanted to say it was your fault.
0: You're going to go to gulag. But Little did they know, they could have blamed Dr. Neutron this whole time.
1: Yeah, so yeah, it all boils down to the whole um, meltdown was orchestrated by Dr. Neutron making some phone calls and, and putting some things off. Uh, but
0: he didn't expect it to blow up? I, I'm not sure. Uh, what I gathered from the first 10 pages or so was that uh, the, the, the accident was caused. I don't know whether or not they expected it to go as far as it did, but the, the intention was to create a new superhero. And I believe that that's the general character. And my guess is that this is going to be someone named Meltdown.
1: Yeah, so the Dr. Neutron guy says... Uh, I don't know he goes in here and says like well we'll have to try something else something with more finesse so I think that they're yeah they're trying to create the right conditions to create this new superhero and maybe they were looking for more of a focused nuclear reaction instead of perhaps um, a total uh, meltdown
0: as to which they got. So we will have to uh, follow that. I mean, obviously, something's going to happen where we're going to learn more about this. But that that seems to be all that we know so far. Is yeah. Other it, than what we already know about what really did happen in Chernobyl, now there's a mutant creation or superhero creation cover-up plot.
1: Yeah, and I think that's probably part of the official record as well.
0: Did, that, did the HBO show
1: cover that? No, but I think that's part of the cover-up. uh yeah so it's about it's like 13 pages of this 42 page book is spent kind of going through the details of the chernobyl disaster as narrated by this knock dr neutron person to a general uh and i know that as a kid i would have found this boring
0: and uh yeah boring and um not really like in the first issue if this was the first issue as a kid i think I would have been confused by why this was here. What does this have to do with anything? I don't think I really understood that stories sometimes finished in later things. Like you'd get a piece of information, and it wasn't it wasn't all the information.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I hear what you're saying, um, and I think it would have also been weird as a kid to uh, have a book called Wolverine and Havoc and not see him either of them for many pages.
0: Yeah, that that's also true. And instead, you see mostly silhouettes of people that are in uh, Chernobyl. Um, they don't give these people any details. So,
1: yeah, it's not until f- page fourteen where you see your first actual character, and it's like a it's a. This is called Mexican Standoff, and there's a Mexican dude there who picks a fight with Wolverine. But then it's not for like another four pages until you finally see. Uh, it's page seventeen before you actually see Havoc
0: and Wolverine, which is interesting. Well, I mean, you know, people are buying the comic because it's got Havoc and Wolverine on the cover, and they can do whatever they want. No,
1: I agree. And again, uh, reading this as an adult, it really held my attention. I enjoyed this read quite a bit, but I I know that twelve year old me had no
0: patience for this. <laughs> I yeah, I think I understand and agree with my. 12-year-old version of that as well. (laughs) So,
1: evidently, Wolverine made a crack at this guy's sister, and then this guy made fun of Wolverine's mother, and then Wolverine
0: lost it. So, there's like an ongoing joke that I didn't quite get, get like grasp of what actually happened. I guess uh, Wolverine... Said your sister is a puta or something like that. We we find
1: that out later when somebody, I think Havoc did. Somebody says to somebody like, I thought you said your sister is a puta is a welcome greeting or something
0: like that. But then I think somebody says that your mother is a puta. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what a puta is. I hope I'm not offending anybody. <laughs>
1: uh, how? Oh no. Uh, well, he comes in and he says, "How much your mother charged for her services?" Looks like your father has been shortchanged, Americano. And that's when you hear Wolverine, but you don't see him say, "Ain't Americano, bub." And that's when the fight uh, breaks out. Wolverine says, "And you keep my mother out of this."
0: You boys want a piece of the action too, eh? He keeps pounding around some of the people, and you see you see half of Havoc at the bar drinking Dose X-Men beer. <laughs> it's pretty clever. I just noticed that just now.
1: Yeah. He asks something cryptic. He says, uh, you sure you don't want to call off the bet? And Wolverine's like, no. And so they continue fighting. We don't know what this bet is yet. But the interesting thing is that Wolverine's not using his claws. He's just fighting away.
0: Yeah, he doesn't want to call off the bet even if this was a serious exercise in uh international diplomacy, which it ain't. I wouldn't need these I wouldn't need claws to deal with these suckers. No the way I'm buying the drinks for the rest of our vacation.
1: So there's a bet it involves drinks for the rest of the vacation. Um Havok does say there's a full page spread on page uh what 17 where you get like a nice profile of Havok. Ah, uh, drinking his beer, reading the paper while this fight's happening, saying you shouldn't have made that crack about his sister. And,
0: so whoever is drawing Havoc you know, is drawing him like James Dean.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Sunglasses those, uh,
1: and uh, pushed back hair.
0: What's the What's the painting with Marilyn and and uh, F- James Dean and It's like a Frank Springer painting or something like that. I don't know.
1: I don't know, but Wolverine has either cocaine or booze nose in this next picture.
0: (laughs) Well, he probably just got punched in the nose. Yeah. It's probably blood.
1: Yeah. You're probably right. Uh, It's a weird, he almost looks like a clown because of his eyes are, are big and white. He's got really big eyebrows, the red nose, and he's like doing a frowning smile. So he's like a, he's a sad clown, but then he's got all these like weird stray hairs going every which way. It's, it's not, my Wolverine, but it's still a good painting,
0: yeah, I mean, you
1: know I like it it's 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 very it's very Popeye. Yeah, and then when you get to the next page, it's a two page spread uh Wolverine uh talks about person not saying anything about his mom you you get more of your havoc as James Dean now standing up at the table next to his beer uh
0: but wolverine i I don't even know what style this is. refer to my mother as a puta again, bub. I'll saw your face off, or something. His uh,
1: his spiky hair, Wolverine classic hairdo, is like really long and just kind of like wavering in the wind. It's
0: exaggerated. It's cool. Uh,
1: I like it. Just as I like his it a lot. Mutton chops are yeah, yeah. I mean, if this was a poster, I would totally buy this and hang it up uh, in my my man cave. But again, going back to kid me it was like this. Just I don't like this. <laughs> Um, yeah, then they head back to the hotel and, uh, you know, Wolverine says the thing about his claws, uh, and he also uses them to trim a cigar.
0: The, the, they get more information about the bat. He's, he pops his claws to, to trim his cigar. As you said, he says, this doesn't count, Alex. Just trimming the cigar. Didn't use it in the fight. Only used my fist till I could grab the chair. And the bar stools.
1: Let him off too easy. They shouldn't have said that thing about my mother.
0: Uh, Somewhere Havok
1: says, you don't even know who your mother is. And he's like, nope, still shouldn't have said that about my mother.
0: Sure don't. It's true. We we don't know anything about Wolverine's mother.
1: And apparently neither does Wolverine. Logan, you don't even know who your mother was. No reason not to treat her with respect.
0: I know who she was. I've read that comic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As have I.
0: So I was thinking of Edward Hopper. Edward Hopper has a painting with James Dean at a diner. If you saw it, you'd know what I was talking about. It's classic.
1: I'm sure I would.
0: Uh, Elvis, I guess Elvis, Marilyn, and Humphrey Bogart are in there too. I'm not sure if this is an Edward Hopper painting or in the style of Edward Hopper. Regardless, it's neat.
1: So as they're standing underneath a balcony, Wolverine's smoking a cigar. Um, they're just Wolverine's talking about his healing factor, so you know, to the person who this is their first comic, we're getting a little bit of detail. The nice thing about this though is that they, they do uh, vague references to other things that are happening, but don't have asterisks or do really any explanation. So if you're not a reader of the X-Men and you pick this up, you kinda have a fully contained story and have to deal with all the baggage. But for the people that are reading the series, it's kind of a nice... uh, Hey, by the way, we know. We know you're out there.
0: For example, as Alex is talking about his healing factory, he talks about its unfair advantage uh, in the lethal consumables department. And Wolverine says, yep, but women will kill you faster. And Havoc says, no doubt about it. Picking the lethal ones has always been my specialty. (laughs) Yep, there you go. And then we hear
1: some dialogue coming from a window and that's when we realized that i guess wolverine and havoc are
0: kind of on a stakeout they've they've uh some somebody's watching wolverine and havoc we don't know which one yet we've watched them for three days nothing not a zip but we haven't seen them use their powers yet so we're not sure if it's actually them so do you think oh so do you think wolverine is wolverine must be hearing all this Uh, i don't think so no oh okay I mean, I I suppose he could be, but why wouldn't he tell Havoc about it? Uh, I don't know, because he's Wolverine. (laughs) He's just being a jerk. (laughs)
1: He's the best at what he does, and what he does is not tell Havoc things. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so hours later at the hotel room.
0: Wolverine's wearing a robe. I guess he's going to go take a shower or something. There's a knock at the door,
1: and uh, Alex opens it, and there's a bunch of Mexican gangsters, some of the people that Wolverine beat up in the... uh, the bar and so Havok slams the door in their face and says
0: oh, we gotta go <laughs> and as they run outside as the, the the people are now shooting at them from their hotel room window they hop into and essentially steal a woman's red convertible
1: uh, Wolverine or Havok says I thought you said your sister is a was a traditional greeting
0: yup it's the prescribed return said so in the tourist phrase book. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure you read it right? These guys don't want to be taking it in the right spirit. Nope. Maybe I ought to get a new book. <laughs> and the lady, as they're stealing her car, says, Hey. And then, as they're driving away, she says, Hey. And then we get a close up of her, all dressed in black with sunglasses, bright red lipstick. And she says, Hey. <laughs>
1: Uh, Havoc says, "Looks like we forgot something." They have a little back and forth about, oh, we're not gonna take her, are we? We're gonna get shot." And we stole her car. But Havoc—he's a good guy. He backs up the car, picks up the girl, and they—they they drive fast.
0: Shooting stops as she gets into the car, which is always ominous. Guess we outdistanced them. And she—she uh, she starts putting on her makeup. She's like. You've been pulled out of the middle of a gunfight, had your car stolen, been kidnapped by two total strangers, and you're worried about your appearance. In my business, a girl has to worry about it all the time. I don't, I don't know what that's reference to. I guess we'll find out later.
1: Wolverine says you're a cool one. I'll give you that. Havoc wants to know what her business is, and she never says anything because she's blocking the mirror. And when uh, they finally do get a look back, there's a black car that's ramming them.
0: This is getting to be oh this is Wolverine this is getting to be more than a friendly little altercation. These guys want to create a full-fledged international incident. so they take off they manage to get a look at the person in the back seat who looks like some sort of Terminator.
1: I didn't realize this before uh this middle frame I didn't realize that the red car that they had stolen was in the window reflection of this ominous looking Terminator guy. It's yeah, it's like it.
0: they' and you can see them looking at him yeah. or it or whatever it is. And he pulls out what looks like a flamethrower and says, "Got the biggest gun you ever saw, Cantina dude. Set us up. Probably paid for their trouble. Thought they wouldn't have done it just for fun. What now? They break the car, and the other car goes past, and looks like they go down some sort of mountain. Bumpa 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 bumpa. Keep in mind, Logan, that this is not. Only not our car, but a vintage 1957 red Thunderbird Convertible.
1: Yeah, I know cars. <laughs> so I they, like
0: this panel of uh, Wolverine. We get a close-up of Wolverine looking back and has Havocs driving. Yep. It's, yep. He, he looks like an old man. He
1: does. Looks good. It's good painting. Uh, wants to know if he, they lost their tail, but they didn't, and they're right behind them, um, and that's when the – the bad dude with the gun climbs through the top of that car, and somebody, I'm going to guess it's havoc says, I think it's Darth Vader.
0: I think it's the lady.
1: Oh, yeah? Okay.
0: Yeah, because later she says, Oh, yep. He's shooting at us, and or somebody says, Yep, laser rifle. Swell, who is that dude? And she says, lasers, who are you guys? Luke Skywalker and Han Solo? Mm-hmm.
1: And as they continue driving, I guess they had seen
0: a sign that said, it says Palegro. And she says, Oh Maria, look, Pellegro means danger. And, it's- and directly ahead of them is one, two, three, four, five more of these Terminator types. They're they're all they all look like they have they all look like they're dead. They're kind of like zombies with some cybernetics and some trench coats. They all have guns that sort of look like flamethrowers. So they're kind of like cyber beings, maybe. Maybe they're reavers. Probably not. Sure.
1: I, I like. Let's go with reavers for now. Uh, Havoc says are asks if Wolverine is ready to lose the bet. Wolverine says nope. Me neither. I guess the conversation goes awkward. No, it goes in that direction. Uh, yeah. They they come to a rope bridge, and uh, Havoc's plan is to drive over the bridge. And then Which they
0: do, and then you see a cool kind of panel where you see the the bridge giving out after they pass over it with a thaka thucka thuka thuka thucka. And then I guess the other car falls through the bridge because somebody says, You see the other guy? Must have fallen, breaks my heart. Oh, and no, the other guy didn't fall through the bridge.
1: Yeah, because she, she says, No, he didn't look, and we see a flying car. So that's when Havoc's like, Alright, you win, the drinks are on me, and he blows the car out of the sky.
0: You did that? <laughs> yeah. Plasma bolt.
1: And she pulls out a gun, uh, and, and uh, she shoots Wolverine and Havoc.
0: Now that you demonstrated that you are, in fact, who we thought you were, and then we get poof, poof, poof. I guess she shoots Wolverine like five times or something. Sure. Or maybe she just shoots them both twice. I don't know.
1: They fall to, cut to the ground, they're unconscious. Yeah, they, we cut to Wolverine waking up in a hospital. And I feel like the art style changes here,
0: it does a little bit, yeah, so maybe this is the uh the guy that's drawing drawing Wolverine is doing all the artwork over here oh that could be whereas it's it's not uh divided as evenly or something like that, sure, um so we cut to black and we get Wolverine waking up, and I guess the art is a little kind of wacky because he's coming into consciousness as well.
1: well, there's that part, but the rest of it all is all like pen drawings that are like watercolored in, yeah anyways doctor wakes him up uh and they say like oh my gosh he has the plague
0: uh what happened to my friend mi amigo uh, he too had the plague he was dead when they found you he's already been buried so havoc's dead
1: the other doctor's like oh it's a miracle that they're still alive and this is when wolverine's like kind of uh mourning alex's loss he's alex
0: dead. dead no way he can't be what will the rest of the x-men say what will scott say God kind of damn it, silly. he swears for one of the first oh, yeah. times. What's wrong he... with me? She shot us. Where are the bullet wounds? Why the plague? Whatever the problem, healing factor should have kicked in. Ought to be well by now. Ought to have never been sick. And, and then he digs out one of his uh bullets with his claw. Snicked.
1: Quite deadly, and if you're not looking it almost undetectable. Bubonic plague. How many did he pump into me? So these guys shot Wolverine and I guess Havoc with the bubonic plague.
0: One capsule would kill any ordinary human, including Alex.
1: So it kind of looks like he's passing out. Like he sees the bullet and the bullet starts fading out and then it goes to black. But then the very next panel, um, Wolverine's walking out of the hospital. So I guess it could be hours later, but it doesn't, doesn't like really call it out.
0: Well, it looks like there they say there were six capsules in Logan, so they weren't enough. He must have dug them all out, evidently. So we just cut. We didn't. We didn't get to see that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm okay with that.
1: So Wolverine's heading. I guess maybe he's he, he's going somewhere. Uh, probably, um, probably wanting to go find Alex, and he gets trailed yeah. by a dude in a sombrero, who's kind of confirming, yep, it's him. He's still alive.
0: Apologies. This does confer, confirm our identification. We have nothing on him in our computer banks, and precious little in hard copy, except he was supposed to have died in Houston. So a little callback there.
1: Mm-hmm. Somebody, uh, the guy says uh, his senses are pre-nat... Pre, pre
0: preternaturally.
1: I don't even know what that preternaturally preternaturally oh. sharp animal senses use extra care following him, and the guy's like, ah, he can't see me. He's going to a graveyard, which is apparently part of the plan. The guy says, oh, he'll find the grave of his friend, and that will be the end of it.
0: Something preternatural is beyond nature. It looks like Wolverine is wearing Bono shades. Uh, kind of, yeah. This is this is cool. Like these, The bottom four panels are sort of like a slow pan up. Uh, it starts from his hand, and then you see his big muscle, and then they, it's, it's kind of a pan up and over. Mm-hmm you see the bottom of his chin, and then you scroll up to his Bono shades. But then you cut to the full panel, and he's definitely not Bono.
1: You know, I have a suspicion that if you were to cut these panels out and lay them on the next three-quarters panel, I think it's the same image.
0: Yeah, he did that. uh, The artist did that before with the close-up of Wolverine's red nose. Oh, yeah. That was from the next page where you see the full – uh, it's it's like an extreme zoomed in of the sure. of 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 a part of that panel.
1: So the only thing I I mean I like this painting and uh, there's another painting that I would hang in my man cave. But his arms are comically large. They're Popeye arms. Comically long, I guess I should say, and they have the Popeye weird muscle thing going on. So
0: they're like thick and then tiny and thick again. His hands are huge.
1: <laughs> and we spend two pages of uh, Logan sniffing the gravestone looking like he's kissing the gravestone knocking the gravestone over and then finally getting angry
0: and he rips the gravestone out of the ground and then uses his claws to start digging into the ground as he's like screaming into the air alex and uh he pulls the casket up out of the ground heavy sucker not empty somebody in here Waits right but sense all wrong what the hell and he opens it up And there is a dummy inside, stuffed with rocks, man-sized pinata. Um, I don't know how they got the weight right. That's impressive.
1: (laughs) Well, they weighed havoc, and then they threw a bunch of rocks in.
0: Uh, It weighs about uh, 45 rocks. Throw throw those in there. And he says, uh, ain't even a family
1: resemblance, which means he's alive, and somebody's got him. Good, because that means I can find him. And it's going to be a real pleasure forcing those suckers to give him back.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: how the issue ends. Wolverine has a striking resemblance to
0: Electro. It's another two-page spread where we get another cool Wolverine with his crazy hair.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, it's Havoc and Wolverine Meltdown. It's 48 pages, but I uh, what I like about this is they do rely very heavily on the artwork to do some storytelling rather than tons and tons and tons of words. Which is nice. Yeah. So it made
0: a cool change of pace.
1: It made a a 48 page. What could have been a 48 page slog, a uh, enjoyable read.
0: Indeed. And, uh, I just wanted to mention, you mentioned last episode at the, at the very end, uh, Wolverine says, Hey Alex, we I know this bar and this cantina in Mexico. We can go there and get some real brews. I'd, You said maybe this is a tie-in to uh, Havoc and Wolverine Meltdown, and you're totally right. Nailed it. Absolutely. You didn't believe me?
1: You're just like, no, he's full of crap. Well, you're usually
0: full of crap, so (laughs) I was just like, that's another Jeremy being Jeremy thing. All right, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, so there you go. Um, Havoc and Wolverine Meltdown. Havoc and Wolverine Meltdown, everybody. Buckle in. We got some fan mail. Oh, yeah? Hit us up. Andrew Franklin writes, Hello, Adam and Jeremy. I think your idea for bonus episodes reading the new Hickman Eckman series is great. I won't be reading it myself, but I'd be very interested in listening to, give it to you giving it the danger room treatment. I'm a little ashamed I don't already contribute to the Patreon, but this sounds like just the idea to make myself and others like me jump on board. Don't feel ashamed. <laughs> it's okay.
1: Yeah, just give us your money.
0: <laughs> you probably have a, you know, maybe you don't have the excess money to blow on this stuff. There's no yeah. shame in that. It's fair. It's fair. So we should mention that uh, we we did an episode and it's on the Patreon. And maybe there will even be more by the time this is published. Who knows? A dollar can get you access to that. That's exciting.
1: Exclusive content that you can brag to your Danger Room friends and say, hey, I heard House of X, Powers of Ten. Did you?
0: Hey, Danger Room Eddie. This is Danger Room Andrew. Did you? <laughs>
1: I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm pretty,
0: anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: pretty sure those are actual
0: conversations that happen. Andrew continues by saying where the show is currently at. Uh, is firmly in the editorial mandate era. That will be a big factor in Claremont leaving the X-Men. It's already stated with Inferno. Whole crossover can be read as a meta commentary on editorial messing with his characters. That's interesting. Mm. And the Magneto heel turn is just another example. Editorial wanted Magneto back to being a villain. Character development be damned. So we have this extremely clumsy and dumb retcon of Magneto's motivations. Maybe if it wasn't done in a single issue rush, it could have been handled better. Maybe if Claremont had handled it instead of Louise Simonson. I still hate this issue of New Mutants. And while there are still some good things to come in the line, I think this is the beginning of the end of Claremont's era as more and more things are editorial mandated. Yes, I am a Chris Claremont apologist.
1: I, I buy that. I mean, it's not going to be too much longer before uh, it doesn't feel Chris Claremont's writing, but it doesn't feel like Chris Claremont's writing.
0: The next time that I am aware of Chris Claremont or of, of Magneto showing up is when Chris Claremont writes him. So maybe he'll get a chance to steer the ship. Although I haven't read any of those, uh, whatever the whatever the next company wide thing is, where, where all the villains attack. Oh Ma-
1: gosh, yeah. Uh,
0: Magneto's a part of that, but I don't know what it is.
1: That's right. I think he squares off against the Avengers. Acts of maybe? Vengeance. Axe of Vengeance. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that uh, as you're just building your brand, working on your story, working on your book, and all of a sudden, somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, we're doing Acts of Vengeance. The X Men got to fight. Uh, I don't know. Uh, who haven't they? Who would they? Who would be a? Who did they fight?"
0: I have no idea. Yeah,
1: I don't remember. But it was like the whole point of Acts of Vengeance was your favorite... Mister Six? Hero, yeah, right. Your favorite heroes fighting a supervillain group that they don't normally.
0: Maybe they somehow skirted outside of it because they got their own things going on.
1: No, there's definitely like Acts of... Oh, Mandarin appears in the pages of the X-Men. I mean, maybe that's the whole
0: oh. act, act of
1: vengeance. But I feel like... Um, I don't remember. I I don't remember. It was was a long time ago, but I felt like the wrong villain was fighting the wrong hero for reasons.
0: (laughs) Those reasons are an event tie-in. Yeah. Andrew finishes by saying, I liked the way that you covered the Inferno crossover, and when Extinction Agenda happens, I hope you cover it the same way. Like everyone else in America, I'm interested in starting a podcast. and was wondering if you could offer any tips on how to do that. Specifically, how do you publish a podcast so people can download it? Is getting into Apple Podcasts simple? Does it cost an arm and a leg? Any pro tips would be most helpful – and you handle all of that, Jeremy. So I'm just going to back off and let you summarize it however you want.
1: Oh, thanks. Uh, getting it, yeah. Well, it depends on on your capabilities, your drive, your you know what you want to do and what you don't want to do, how much money you want to spend. Uh, I can say that recording a podcast is super easy. Anybody can do it. Publishing a podcast is merely uploading it to a web page. Um, I run hours so i maintain all of the things but there are i think free services uh that will host your podcast uh, and then getting into apple podcast is pretty easy you just need to have an rss feed which if you're uh, using a free service or even a paid for service they're going to give you that feed and if you host it yourself um you'll have that feed as well, and you can publish that over to iTunes and all of the other directories. And then every time you publish a podcast, that RSS feed is updated as well as all of the places that carry your podcast. Uh, Arm and a leg? No, I I would say I... Just a big toe. Yeah, just a big toe. No, not even a big toe. Uh, The money that I spend on this uh, would equate, I think, to my pinky toe. Like... (laughs) You know, you don't really lose any functionality if you lose a pinky toe. Um, and so, you know, it's not like I can't feed myself paying for this podcast. No, it's, <laughs> it's, I don't know, pennies a day, I, I guess, or maybe dollars a day, one of the two. Um,
0: well, I hope it's not dollars a day.
1: That adds up. <laughs> I don't know. I Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe 50 cents a day. Fair enough. <laughs> maybe. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So there, there you go. Thank- Th- those are the pro tips.
0: Thanks for taking time to... Th- thanks for... Oh, I can't read all of a sudden. Thanks for letting me take your, up your time. I really enjoy what you do. I look forward to every new episode. Keep up the good work. Okay. <laughs> Will do.
1: And thank you. To the best of our abilities. Yes.
0: Or half the best, depending on depending on how long it runs.
1: So let us know if you think the fact that we've published an episode behind a paywall is a good thing or not
0: yeah and you can do let, us, s- let us know by paying for it
1: <laughs> <laughs> or just visiting us at www.xmenpodcast.com uh, facebook.com forward slash danger podcast twitter us at danger room go email us danger room at xmenpodcast.com uh, you can go out to the aforementioned www.patreon.com forward slash danger sign up and get the access to that exclusive episode uh, or go out to iTunes, type in Danger Room. or the first podcast that shows up. You could uh, subscribe to us, lead us, leave us some feedback, some stars. Uh, or call us at 501-GET-X-MEN, 501-438-9636. And our theme music is provided by Laszlo Hollyfeld.
0: Dun-dun-dun. Although you use different theme music for uh, the, the Danger Room. The Danger Room. The, man, I am out of it. The Powers of X episode. The House of X, Powers of X. Yeah. Just something else. That was kind of neat.
1: <laughs> the uh, music I found on a uh, uh, open source, whatever you call it, a public domain webpage.
0: SoundCloud or something like that? Nah,
1: some other website I found years ago and stashed in my bookmarks.
0: It reminded me of Flight of the Concords.
1: Yeah. The problem with the site I have is there's like two upbeat songs and then all of the rest are like really slow tempo or in a minor key. We can just reuse that one over and over again. It's all all just moody music, but but yes. Uh, We also read, what, New Mutants number 76?
0: So New Mutants number 76, uh, lots of stuff happens, but it can kind of be pretty much summarized. The New Mutants are basically looking for uh, where to go since they separated from Magneto. Uh, They decide that they're going to split up, and they get attacked by locals who are still scared of... Inferno things and call them demons and they're like, let go of uh, So they run away and they decide to go hang out with X-Factor. For some reason, X-Factor is gone from ship and all the kids are doing an underwater schooling expedition. I don't know. They convinced ship to let them dive underwater. It's because and, uh,
1: X-Factor told them to do something educational for the day. And so they right. convinced ship that's doing an aquatic
0: expedition would be educational. It would be. Yeah, sure. They, they get attacked by a shark because, you know, you do. You do. And uh, they find some sort of sh- sh- giant shell conch thing slash horn. And they meet up with, uh, well, they still haven't met. Boy, when do the Take, it takes actually while. show up? Cause well, the... they blow, the boom boom blows on the horn and the giant sea creature shows up in a cool two-page spread where it's attacking ship that's when they show up
1: dragging it underwater. And that's when the exterminators sh- or the new mutants show up and they're like, Hey, what's happening over there? We should give them a hand. So they do. And Namor shows up and he's like, you stole my horn. But What'd you do that for cannonballs. Like, no nah, man, we found it. And if you're so mad about it, why'd you just leave it laying around? And I guess we find out that this was some horn that Namor lost fighting the fantastic four and issue number four of fantastic four. I guess so. Yeah. So uh, there's not a fight between Namor and the kids, but the giant sea creature that has ship. Uh, they all team up and uh, beat beat that creature. Namor le- learns a lesson. Kids learn a lesson. Ship says, "Oh yeah, it was educational."
0: Namor's not so bad.
1: No, nah, he can be okay. He really respected uh, the fact that Cannonball had powers and he wanted to use them for good and that they made a mistake and that they wanted to correct their mistake. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to help you do this.
0: And then they kill a giant squid.
1: Yeah, poor squid. <laughs> uh, and that's it. So now, now the new mutants are going to stay with X-Factor.
0: What are we going to do with all of these new mutants? <laughs> is how it should have ended. Says nobody. <laughs> Instead, they say, what will become of Ilyana? Because they still, they're still they still hanging around with her. Yep.
1: And we are not going to find out what is going to become of Ilyana yet.
0: Instead, we get X-Factor 41, which is a fill-in issue if ever there was one.
1: This is the character. Remember when I said, hey, Adam, do you remember the character that won the mutant registration
0: contest? And you're like, nope. It totally says so on the cover. That's the only way I knew.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, it's the only way I knew, too. There was no other announcement of like, hey, Alchemy, he's the guy that won the contest, and you didn't. (laughs) Uh, This is uh, not a... It's interestingly drawn. It's Art Adams, so you got that going for you. Art Art Adams is great. Uh, But yeah, it's a a troll, a modern-day troll. Uh, Wants some gold? Smell some gold? There's a boy who apparently if he thinks of certain types of metals, whatever he's holding turns into that metal. And one of those metals is gold. And the troll's like, gold? This boy can make gold. I'm going to steal him.
0: Uh, That's where we get the new mutants uh, doing a danger room scenario on ship. Warlock essentially is a danger room, so who needs a danger room?
1: Yeah. There's some hijinks and antics that Boom Boom causes that cause X-Factor to be like, oh, that's our Boom Boom. Um
0: There is the very beginning of a crush on Cannonball from Boom Boom.
1: Yep, that that also happens. Uh, Boy gets kidnapped by trolls. X-Factor hears about it. X-Factor goes to rescue the boy. Uh, And the boy has created a ton of gold out of everyday objects. And I guess we learn that these trolls, uh, their plot is to destroy the economy of London. Yeah, whatever. Something like that. They're going to make so much gold that the inflation goes through the roof that like a dump truck of gold wouldn't buy a loaf of bread. Uh, And they lost Christopher. That's something I left out. Uh, They talk about family a lot and uh, keeping everybody together. And uh, for this mission, Marvel Girl's like, let's take Christopher with us. (coughs) Bad idea. And uh, even Cyclops is like, I don't know about this. And she's like, it's just a giant or X factor. Besides, Christopher needs his dad. So they do their adventure and somewhere along the line and it takes them a while. They're like, Hey, where's, where's Christopher? I don't know. And they're tied up in chains. So great parenting day one.
0: Yeah. They kind of lose him within like four panels. (laughs) Uh, And uh, Jean gray has him like, like in a telepathic bubble so that he's protected. So how does she lose track of him? It's all her fault.
1: The next eight issues, uh, this and the next seven issues, uh, of X factor are not good.
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) So you got that to look forward to. (laughs) I bought this issue when I was a kid.
0: It's got great art.
1: And I was Mm. not uh, actively collecting X factor at the time. I think I saw the mutant registration kid and I was like, well, this I got (laughs) to (laughs) see.
0: Were you jealous?
1: I didn't actually submit a character to the mutant registration, but I always saw those cards and I was like, Ooh, Ooh, and I played Marvel Super so I did have a character. I just didn't ever do the paperwork.
0: What was your character's name? Jeremy Man?
1: No, his name was the animator. Oh. And he, uh, well, Adam, he could animate illusions. Really? Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's it. That was his power. That's a pretty cool power. He wasn't strong. <laughs> he didn't fly. He was just, uh, I mean, you know,
0: create illusions. Did, were, were his illusions like... Uh, Did they they get physical?
1: No, they they were not tangible. They were just literal
0: illusions. So he's like one of those mind master type of guys who just has to convince people that the illusions are real sort of thing?
1: Well, I never fully developed the character, Adam. He was only in a couple of uh, campaigns, uh, you know. So he never got a true backstory where we found out the full potential of his power. He's kind of like Artie? Maybe. I mean, (laughs) the way I described him, except he could talk.
0: Oh okay. Yes. Well, that's one up on Artie.
1: So he, he had that going for him. Uh what else do we read? Punisher War Journal 7.
0: So Punisher War Journal 7 uh Wolverine and Punisher fight. Yay. Um other things happen. <laughs> there there's a weird thing where Wolverine kills a deer which I don't really care for. And then he 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 doesn't he he kills it for lunch and he's like I don't like killing anything I'm gonna I'm not gonna eat. And uh I don't know. They try to keep it somewhat in character, but I just feel like Wolverine wouldn't do that. He like he's not that hungry. Who writes Punisher War Journal? Good question. Carl Potts. I don't know who that is. Someone so. named Carl Potts. Not not a regular writer of Wolverine. I mean, smart enough to know that Wolverine doesn't kill like animals just for the heck of it, but it's also just kind of a weird thing to put in there. It doesn't need to be there.
1: Yeah, I, I've always maintained that there are people that can write Wolverine and people that don't know how to write
0: Wolverine. But boy, Jim Lee sure can draw Wolverine. <laughs> yes, he can. So it turns out that the people that Punisher is on his sabbatical with, uh, the, the 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 leader of this the expedition's wife, and also, um. Somebody else, a lieutenant in the army, I guess, are conspiring together to, uh, there are dinosaurs. Okay. And, uh, they're going to, I don't know, poach them, I guess. Okay. And, uh, Punisher and Wolverine discover this plot and Punisher shoots her and Wolverine leaves the dude to die in the jungle and the the dinosaurs are okay. And then Punisher goes back to uh, New York, and Wolverine sends him a six pack of beer and a, mag- a newspaper saying that he took care of the he took care of somebody. Oh, the guy the guy that hired the two. Uh, no need to travel to Texas. I brought the beer. Please read the circled article in the newspaper. Signed yours, Logan. He doesn't actually sign it, but still, it's kinda it's still kind of weird out of character. Yeah. Well, that's that. Yeah. Marvel Comics presents 25. Did you read this one? No. So Havoc in the last issue, Havoc and Leela were captured by some uh I guess natives. Or I, what what are these? I don't know what these guys are. They're all weird. I, I didn't read the issue. Aboriginals? What were, what were those guys uh, that Wolverine took out a couple issues ago? Hard Case and his Harriers or something like that? Yeah, Hard Case and the Harriers. What would you call those guys? Oh, mercenaries? Okay, there's a bunch of mercenaries. That okay. was the word I wanted. Okay, uh, so
1: not aboriginals.
0: Not aboriginals at all. Aboriginal mercenaries? mercenaries? Are they. There are no aboriginals in this issue. Okay. I mean, except in the Black Panther story. So <laughs> okay. Close, but no cigar. Uh, anyway, they escape. Uh, Havoc uses his Havoc powers and rescues Leela and uh, then they start dating each other and they go on like a montage together where they go on a boat and they're having so much fun and they're driving around in a car and they're talking to a kangaroo and then they're making out and Havoc's like, no – I can't allow myself to fall in love again. Every time I get close to a woman, something goes wrong. First Polaris was possessed by malice. Then Maddie became the Goblin Queen. Never again, he says in a panel where he's making out with somebody. And then uh, later Leela gets kidnapped by the, um, what is this guy's name? The Living Pharaoh. Remember him? <gasps> I do remember him. And Alex says... I don't know who you are, dressing up as like a living pharaoh, but I know you're not him. And then somebody throws a grenade and havoc, and he, quote unquote, dies. And then the uh, the living pharaoh's mad and makes that guy dis. Uh, he he zaps him into dust. It's like you were in death for that. We needed him alive. The mutant and the traitor were to be taken alive. We return with half of what we sought, and mm. that's that's where we leave off. Havoc's dead. I don't know how they're going to continue this. And Leela's kidnapped by some guy who may or may not be the living pharaoh. This is exciting. (laughs) That does sound exciting. (laughs) That's it.
1: Oh, okay. That's all we read. Wow. There it is. That's a short one this time around, guys. Whoop, there it is. (laughs) All right, well, until next time, my name's Jeremy. My name's Adam. And the Danger Room is closed.